Welcome to the Harmony of Interest series, where we explore ideas that shape our world. My name is Evan Papp, and I'm the executive producer for Empathy Media Lab that publishes content on labor, political economy, art, and culture. And we are a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Today, I'm speaking with Alejandra Domenzain, who is author of an illustrated children's book called For All Paratodos, or Paratodos, a bilingual tale about an immigrant girl's hopes and dreams as she embarks on an adventure to a new land. Translations were provided by Irene Prieto de Coogan, and Catherine Lowe was the illustrator, and Hardball Press is the publisher. So very nice to meet you, Alejandra. Great to meet you. Thanks for having me. Could you begin by talking about where you're from and what got you interested in immigration, labor, and class struggle? Sure. Um, so my parents came here from Mexico. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm a daughter of immigrants. I definitely, it was very uh, formative part of my experience. And some of the things that you see in the book are things that um, come from, you know, my memories, what it was like to learn a new language and to, for people not to be able to pronounce your name or, you know, even things like sitting in the lunchroom. I just always felt like my lunch was wrong. Everyone had a different lunch. So those, you know, the, those, those adaptations. And then really um, in terms of labor um, struggles, that came more from my professional formation. So I've worked as a, an immigrant worker rights advocate for over 20 years in different capacities. And that's included everything from, you know, organizing sweatshop workers in Los Angeles to doing a lot of policy advocacy to try to get better protections and then a lot of advocacy to make sure that they're actually enforced. Um, also research and then a lot of education and outreach with low-wage immigrant workers in fields such as you know, domestic workers, day laborers, janitors, farm workers, um, et cetera. And you are also a teacher as well, I believe. Yeah, so I was also a teacher. Yeah. Sure, I was a teacher um, in the Los Angeles Unified School District. And you know, I had the fortune, I was in you know, different schools at different times, but the really formative experience for me was in an amazing school that was very project-based and interdisciplinary and social justice oriented where uh, we as teachers had a lot of freedom to create our curriculum. So it, even though I was a language arts teacher, the, the book or the text was just the jumping off point. And from there we connected it to history and to art and to science and to really like have the kids be authors and be publishers. So um, that definitely like inspired me like the, the best version of what you can do with books and with language. And what age groups was that? That was elementary from K to third grade. And did you have experience in the teachers union at that time? I, you know, at the time, this was a kind of a brand new charter school. And so I didn't. And I mean, looking back now, <laughs> there was, there's definitely a lot of hardships that would have been addressed. Um, I knew, for example, I didn't have paid leave. And, you know, I had like two kids while I was there. So it was, it was really rough um, not, having, not having that leave. And um, now, you know, I'm, I'm a member of a union now, actually, through my current job. And it's just been so amazing to have that opportunity. And this, you know, I was involved from like helping to, you know, form the union and get our contract passed and now really like, you know, improving our language. So it's, it's so great. I've been working with unions as partners my whole life, but now I get to like see it from the inside, you know, how to make our own union better. Which union? Um, UAW. It's the academic researcher um, division. Great, great. Yeah. So let's begin by um, asking, why did you want to write this book? 
Yeah, so I think three strands came together. The first strand is my experience as an immigrant worker advocate and just being so in touch with the, the hardships that especially undocumented workers face and the situation they're in. And then the second kind of stream was my background as a teacher and just really seeing the power of books, you know, and especially books that's like designed to be an educational tool in the hands of a teacher that is ready to use it. And then the last stream was kind of being a parent and having school-age kids myself now. Um, so I wanted to write a book that did three things. So one, that it portrayed things that we don't see enough in children books. So for example, you know, there's many amazing books about historical labor struggles and, you know, Cesar Chavez and some of the early unions, but there's just a handful that really talk about what are workers facing today? Um, you know, and, and I know some of the authors and they're, they're really great colleagues that I've been able to collaborate with, but you wouldn't know it from the children's books seeing like what is happening with workers today? especially in documented workers in the specific situation they face. So I wanted to show that, I wanted to show the problems that undocumented youth face, right? So um, they, the limitations and, and, and the unfairness. So part of it is showing the problems, but then the second thing is I wanted to show these same people as agents of change. You know, maybe I'm biased because I'm part of this movement, but just every day I see such incredible organizing and just laws and protections and just how like workers themselves are standing up and making a difference. Um, and so I wanted to honor that really. And then the same thing with dreamers. I feel like the dreamer movement is one of the most significant social movements of our times. And yet again, not really represented in children's books. So I wanted to, to honor um, you know, what is happening on the ground and the, the successes that we are seeing. And then lastly, I really wanted to put the reader, right? So the child in this position where they can process for themselves. So I, there's, you know, direct questions in the book. What, what do you think is fair in this situation? You know, or what, what do you care about? What do you want to write about? Because the character kind of finds writing as a tool for activism. So like, what are you going to do with your green pen, right? What is it that you have in mind that's important that's worth doing? So I, I really wanted it to be a jumping off point to not just kind of be a passive listener, but then to consider your role in all this. You know, where do you go from here? Well, I read it yesterday, and as an adult, it's pretty quick read, obviously, but it's a very beautiful story, and it is very emotional as well. And you you also do both. It's it's bilingual, so it's in English and Spanish, which which I really like. But could you talk about what what the book is about? Sure. So in the book, it starts out, and you see a father and his daughter, um, and you know, the daughter has this idea about what life is like on the other side of the border, you know, very glamorized from television that everyone has presents and white teeth and um, there's justice for all. And so when the dad lets her know that they need to leave because, you know, the, their land can no longer feed them. Um, she's at first, she's very excited. She's thinking, I'm going to go to that incredible place that I see on TV. And so, you know, you see kind of the pain of them saying goodbye to their land. Um, it's very hard decision, you know, it's, it's a really just heartbreaking decision to have to leave behind the place that has all your memories, you know, where your loved ones are, are buried, where you grew up. Um, and you see them make the difficult journey um, across the border. And when they get to the border, they see these flags, you know, they're just a symbol of, you know, we all came from somewhere, but now we're one, right? We're one land united. So when they cross, um, the border guard asks questions and gives them two papers with an X. 
And so you don't know what that means. You just, you know, should the, the girl has an idea that this probably isn't in school X's are bad, right? So this can't be a good thing, but we don't know. And so as the story unfolds, you see what it means. You see that for the dad, he has a, you know, low wage jobs that are not fair. Um, he is a farm worker. He works in the sun. He has low wages and he can't speak up because of the consequences, right? That he can be deported. So he faces those situations. And then the young girl, you know, after the cultural adaptation, she's, she's ready to be, you know, part of the society to go to school. She passes the test. She's, and then she's, she's not let in, right? So she's locked out of opportunities. So that's how they find out what those two X's mean for them. Um, and the young girl, you know, is, is, has the, the, the a role of a caring teacher who supports her, which, you know, probably all of us can think back, right, to that one person that, like, saw you and believed in you and gave you a vehicle. And so this teacher gives her a green pen and she says, you know, write, write your story, write the stories of others. Um, others will relate, others will connect, others will change their mind because of what you wrote. And so she's able to do that. And, you know, the book ends with her going on TV and joining others and, you know, in a larger movement and really um, appealing, like, let's change these laws, let's make things fair for, you know, workers like my dad, let's make things fair for, for students like me. And it leaves the reader with that question, you know, what do you think is fair? Um, what do you think should happen? What do you care about? What do you want to do as an activist? Yeah, it's a beautiful ending with her finding her voice and then coming together into the community. And I didn't mention it's also a poem and it's rhythmic as well. And there's one part where they're in Mexico and one day her dad said, Flora, we're leaving our land. The fields have all turned into dust and dry sand. We cannot grow corn with so little water. Our land cannot feed us, my dear darling daughter. And so those issues of drive that is the push and pull oftentimes of immigration is the, the fact that the ability to provide sustenance where you're at is, is leaving and is gone and disappearing. So that's, that's also what drives you. And then- Hey, can I just comment really quickly on that? I didn't put it in the book, but obviously, you know, you can make these connections as an educator. Why did that happen? I mean, there could, you know, you could talk about climate, but you could also talk about unfair trade agreements, right? That drove a lot of farmers out of business in Mexico after NAFTA, for example. And it's also kind of snuck in there that um, the, the daughter asked, well, why can't you get a job in the factory? And, you know, the dad says the jobs are unsatisfactory because what happened was the mom worked there and she died because of the chemical exposure. So that's the other thing, right? We have a lot like what's our complicity? <laughs> this isn't in the book, but, you know, what's our complicity as the U.S. with, you know, we set up these these jobs of maquiladoras and manufacturing that are also low wage exploitative jobs. And so, you know, a lot of people don't have many other options rather than to innovate. I actually pulled another quote exactly about that. Um, the, the father said, I've, I've tried, said her dad. It was unsatisfactory. The machines and the chemicals filled me with fear. At work, mom got sick after only a year. I couldn't save her, but can save you, my dear. And that really is, I mean, it, it's really kind of heart-wrenching that that's going on. And another aspect is the, the water problems in Mexico have to do with the fact that a lot of it's dammed up river and there are ways to figure out um, how to get more water down to Mexico to make it a much more fertile uh, valley, kind of like that uh, you have in California or that we have in California. But you need to invest and build things and, and create those, that water infrastructure that actually allows that. And so uh, one other thing that 
the question of the father comes to the U.S. and the daughter's asking him, you know, like you're working so hard. And this, this part really got me too. Last Christmas, you said we couldn't go shopping. Why don't you have money if you work without stopping? Your jobs are so hard, it doesn't seem fair. The boss takes the money and why can't he care, he share? Um, just that it's, it's really great poetry on top of um, a, a great story and narrative. And um, yeah, I, I- Thank I, you. I, yeah, I really wanted to capture it like from the child's point of view, right? Because that's how it's written. So what, what does it mean to her that the dad has these unfair jobs? That's what it means. He comes home late every night. He's tired. You know, even though he, he works all the time, there's never enough money. And so that, that's how it's affecting her as well. And that's how she starts getting curious about, but why, you know, and why can't you speak up? You know, I think the, the other line that I think is, is kind of a pivotal one is when, you know, she gets to the school and she thinks like, I passed a test. I'm like, I, I, I've earned this, right? And like all of my dad's sacrifice was worth it because he believed in this country. He believed in me. And then she gets there and there's another guard. And, you know, he says, our grandparents weren't born here. Yes, that is true. But we must draw the line and we draw it at you. So kind of this hypocrisy, right? Of like, we are a nation of... Um, well, first genocide, getting rid of the indigenous Americans, and then after that, waves of immigrants. And so how quickly, right, the ones that have come before forget, um, you know, that, that they're immigrants just as well, their ancestors were immigrants as well. And the strength of this country is the fact that people want to still come here and that it, that it is an immigrant nation. That That is what brings us together. And so I always say when I hear people are anti-immigration, they're anti-American uh, because this country is built on immigrant workers and working class immigrants. And then at the, the other side is you have a lot of geopolitical competition and you know we need more workers and we need more people. People are wealth. People bring wealth to your country and to drive that away is, is absolutely absurd and anti-American. So. But that's I what agree. you're trying to do with with what with with this book, and I, I really appreciate it. So yeah, one more note on kind of what's American, what's anti-American. Yeah. You know, the other thing, the point kind of that I wanted to make is that protesting is patriotic, right? Like a advocating for change is actually it's someone who cares enough about the country and believes in it enough that it can live up to its ideals, and then it's willing to do the hard work to help get it there. And so you know, she's she's very clear about that. She says. This is my new home. You know, I'm proud of my country. It's because she feels she belongs and she cares that she, you know, has the courage to take the risks to speak up. So just to say, you know, at a time when, you know, taking a knee or any other range of things is seen as unpatriotic, I actually feel the opposite. That's like the most patriotic thing you can do to love your country enough to hold it up to its own ideals, you know, which is justice for all. And at the end of the book, you do provide some historical uh, overviews and you provide questions. And what's your experience been uh, reading this to children? Yeah, so actually, I when I was doing, you know, I was writing it and it was in draft form and I did a, a reading with a fifth grade class. And after it was done, you know, the kids were silent. They were just completely enthralled. And then when I finished, one little boy asked, well, but does that happen in real life? I was like, oh yeah, actually this is based on, you know, on, on real. he said, well, you should put that in the book. So the idea to have the background issues actually came, you know, from one of the children because I, like, I want to know now, now I'm curious. 
you know, what's really happening in the real world. So that and then the discussion questions like are meant to be tools for educators, you know, for parents to, to how, you know, to start, to start those conversations with their kids. And what is your writing process like to get into a little bit of the, how you make the chili? <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, I've always loved writing, but I just more for me than for like an audience or in like professional context. But after the election of Trump, um, I just found myself like I'd be reading books to my kids and I would just get like tears in my eyes. Um, I was remember reading like a Dr. Seuss book about like, you know, uh, a person's a person, no matter how small, you know, like just and, and I just felt this need, like, where's the book that I want to read to my kids about, you know, these issues that I care about, you know, undocumented workers and youth. And so I just thought, I'm just going to write it. I'm just going to write it. You know, I didn't know if it was just going to be for them. I had no clue how anything worked, how the publishing industry worked. And I just stumbled my way in all the way through. You know, I was lucky enough to get eventually, you know, in, hooked up with uh, with Hardball Press and, you know, they took on the book and it's been just an amazing process. I think the, the benefit of, you know, having a publisher who is really doing this out of just like conviction, it's a labor of love, you know, it's not just a business that, um, and because they're, you know, independent and small, like I, I feel like I got to be a part of the process the whole time. You know, I think in traditional bigger publishing, you turn in your manuscript and then that's it. You see it when it comes out the other side. But here, like, we really, we edited together, we thought about the illustrations and the design and, you know, everything all, all, all together. And, and now even also like getting the word out about the book, you know, because there's no team like at a big publishing house that is going to do social media and events and bookstore stuff. So it's, it's just us and it's just us doing it the old fashioned way, just reaching out to people who care, reaching out to the teachers unions, reaching out to the labor and immigrant rights organizations, to educators, um, to librarians, right, to families. So that that's how we're doing it. Awesome. Yeah. And, and Tim shared is absolutely passionate as a writer, as a trade unionist, as a nurse, um, as a social justice person as well. Uh, what was it like working with an illustrator? Oh, it was, I, I got so lucky with Catherine. So again, I just being clueless that I had to find my own illustrator. <laughs> so um, it's actually a weird story. I, so I work in um, UC Berkeley School of Public Health in that building. There's just gorgeous mural in the stairwell. And every time I passed it, I just like, like took my breath away. And she had put her email on the bottom. And so, you know, I just said, oh, I'm going to contact her. At least she must know, you know, besides being an artist, maybe she can just hook me up with someone else who can, you know, does children's books illustration or where you find these people. And so we met and it turned out she was actually really interested in the project. And we, you know, from the very beginning, we started working together. Great. And, and what about the translator as well? Uh, I, I presume you just sent over uh, some of the English and Spanish translation that you already had and maybe a little help with the editing on that side. Yeah, so, you know, I wrote it in English, um, and then, you know, in English it rhymes, and, you know, it's like a very specific structure you need to have for it to work as a poem, and I thought, oh my goodness, like, I, you know, Spanish is my first language, it's my native language, and I'm very fluent, I actually do a lot of, like, translation interpretation professionally, so I have the skill, but I just felt like, I don't know how to turn this into a poem in Spanish, it just seemed beyond me, so, um, yeah, so Irene, you know, definitely took the first crack at doing that. And I think she did a beautiful job of, you know, it's, it's not the same structure and it doesn't rhyme necessarily, but it's very lyrical, you know, it's very poetic. And then it was easier was she had done that for me to then look at it and, and, you know, make edits on top of that. So I think it was, it ended up, it ended up working out. Well, everyone should 
definitely take a look at this book. It's it's wonderful. And if anyone knows of uh, how to get this into libraries and to schools, they should definitely share that. Uh, and I'll, I'll make sure that all of this is in the show notes. But taking a step back, uh, talking about books and not uh, of trying to get the subject of labor struggle in the center of it. Can you talk a little bit about your goal of, of trying to write a book like this? Yeah, so that's such a great question. You know, as I mentioned, I feel like we, you know, I've seen just some really great books on, on the historical aspects of, of labor um, struggles and, and victories. And there's like a handful of books that, you know, I can, I think about now, there's a wonderful one about the justice for janitor struggle. Um, there's Victor Naro's book about the car wash workers organizing and Burlak's book about the fight for 15. Um, Don Cantonatiu has one about wage theft in a restaurant setting with a non-documented worker. So, you know, there's, there's some out there that are awesome. And like that, I feel like my, my little book fits into that family, but there, there's not that many, you know, there's not that much that's focusing on what are workers facing today and what's being done? I think for me, that's the most exciting thing, you know, that there's just movements and coalitions and um, just so such a vibrant scene. And so I think that's just really empowering to hear about. I think the, the danger when you just focus on the historical stuff and stop there is that kids kind of get the message like, Oh, okay, so so it's solved, right? Since our child took care of it, you know, check. Oh, schools are desegregated. Good, we're done. A woman got the vote. All right, equality. And so I think you really have to follow it up with no, like we as to, for the new generation, we need you. There's still so much work to be done, right? And then I think my other kind of mission is I think we don't really invite kids to activism as much, you know, as a career, like we do other ones. And so I want them to really see themselves as you know, whatever they care about, there's a path to activism to do that. And whatever their interests and talents are, you know, you don't have to be the person out shouting in the street. You can be the, the shy person on the computer behind the scenes. You can be introvert, extrovert. You can care about science, about art, like no matter what it is, there's a way to put it in service of something that will, you know, make the world better. And so I, I hope that's another outcome of the book because, you know, kids really see themselves in the character in Flor and then they feel really kind of complicit at the end. Like it's asking them, what's your voice and what's your vote, you know? And because they have that power even now, you know? And if we want a generation of people who are civically engaged, that's where you start. You know, you tell kids that they count and what they think is right matters from the beginning. Well, Alejandra, I think that's a great uh, closing. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? No, thank you so much for your show and, and the work that you do. Um, and yeah, and just, you know, for, for anyone that's listening, that's interested in this topic of activism in children's books or, you know, labor rights, I'm always happy to talk more and to connect. The other thing that I want to do is I have a website for the book. And so I have, a, I'm going to have a tab where I'm just going to start compiling resources for educators as well. So, you know, lesson plans or like, you know, other book lists and, and things like that. So if you have also ideas for, you know, things for me to post or to add, like that I'm really happy to connect with others. Great. Well, Alejandra, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And all the work that you're doing. And I, I think the long-term project is generational and the youth are the future. And that's where we need to invest so much of the education and you're doing it. So I really appreciate all the work you're doing. I agree. Thank you. Thank you.